Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Can I tell you, nobody can live up to John's hype. (laughs) I've got so many flaws and uh, discrepancies. Anyway, it's great to see all of you. I can't tell you how much uh, I love your church, uh, your staff, second to none. Uh, They are so good, and your pastor, John, and his wife, Mel, have become such great friends. It's always an honor for me to be with you. A couple of shots of my family. This is my wife, Laurie. We've been married 44 years, high school sweethearts, met when we were 15 years old. Can you imagine that? Uh, She's really behind the scenes and just such a wonderful human being, uh, love of my life. I've got six grandkids. Here's the first set, uh, Ibby, Maisie, and Hayes, and then the second set, with my son, uh, Hank, Cy, and little Tommy, the girl, and then one on the way any day, any day now. So they're going to have four, which is like, you got to be kidding me. And then, and then my, hunting, my hunting dog, Blue, you got to see Blue. He's the best. <laughs> Truly the best hunting dog I've ever had, but... He commits unspeakable sins around the neighborhood almost every day. Anyway, glad to be here with you all. Um, A few years after we were married, my wife, Laurie, and I were expecting our first child. We had an old car that Laurie's parents had given to us. It was a lime green Cutlass Supreme, a total junker, burned oil, transmission slipped, and the driver's seat had a hole in it that just sucked you in and swallowed you up, big rip in the middle of the hole, middle of the seat. I was pastoring a small church in Fallen, Wisconsin, trying to survive on a salary of $11,000 a year, and the only vacation we could really afford was to travel to Laurie's parents' house, who lived near Pittsburgh, and stay with them for a bit. Uh, So we left Wisconsin one summer afternoon and planned to drive 900 miles through the night. But about 5 p.m. in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, our engine overheated, steam was rolling out from under the hood, so I pulled off the ramp, and a feeling of total despair just overwhelmed me. Strange town, no money. We coasted off this ramp where all the repair shops were closed for the day, limped off the ramp, car was boiling over, and right there on the side of the road, was a homemade sign that said, radiator repair, (laughs) two blocks ahead. I mean, what are the odds? We rolled up to this guy's house in his garage. In his garage is a big tub of water, welding tools. He was working on a radiator. You know, what are the odds of this happening where my car overheats at the exact time, the exact exit, where I see a homemade sign that led us down a street where our car died right in front of a guy's house who just happens to fix radiators. I thought, God is all over this. So I walked up to him and I said, look, I have a leak in my radiator. Do you think you can fix it? He said, not today. (laughs) 
this is my last one. He said, I, clearly he wasn't getting the same message from God that I was getting. So I leaned in. I said, but we're on our way to Pittsburgh. Could you do just one more? He said, sorry, this is my last one. I said, what if I can pull the radiator out myself and put it back in? Then would you fix it? He looked at me. He paused. I said, my wife is six months pregnant. He looked over at Lori in the car, and she gave a little wave and smile. He said, okay, look, if you can pull it, I'll try to fix it. I said, fantastic. Do you have some tools? And he looked at me like, man, you are pushing your luck. But I grabbed his tools, crawled under the car, got fluid all over me. I pulled the radiator. The guy fixed it for 20 bucks, and we were back on the road in record time. But... I will never forget my feeling of hopelessness laying under our car with fluid dripping on my face. I thought we have no money, no future. I can't take care of my family. I'm not even sure I want to be a pastor anymore. I was so uncertain about my life that a year later, I quit my job at that church. I went back to school to Penn State University for three years. I was 32 years old. Two little kids living in an apartment again. There was an instability gap in our lives that made us feel very alone and very desperate. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe for you today, it's a gap in your marriage where the intimacy and closeness you once had is gone. And where you are now is not where you want to be. Maybe it's a son or daughter who's struggling. They have such promise. Right now they're stuck. They're not thriving. Maybe you've lost a friend or a friendship. Or your health or lost yet another pregnancy. And the sadness you feel around that is tangible and daily. Or maybe you don't even know what it is but there's a gap that longs to be filled because where you are in life is not where you thought you would be. Two things I've learned about gaps over the years. First thing is wherever there's a gap, there's a longing. There's a longing for it to be filled. And the second thing is that God does some of his best work in gaps. There's a woman in the Bible who had enormous gaps. She was desperate. Her husband had just died and not only did she have a companionship gap, she had an income gap and was about to lose her home and lose her two sons to a creditor as payment for her debts. In those days, if you couldn't pay, they would take anything of value. In this case, her two boys could serve as laborers. This whole woman's world was collapsing, and we pick it up in 2 Kings verse 4. It says this, Now a woman of one of the prophets... So she's a pastor's wife. A, a wife of one of the prophets went to Elijah for help, saying, my husband is dead, and you know, Elijah, that he was a loyal servant of God. So Elijah knew the man. But now the creditor is coming to take away my two boys to be his servants. Elijah said, what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she answered, I have nothing. I have nothing in the house. 
And isn't that how we can feel when we have a gap? I've got nothing. I've got no energy, no answers, no hope for this situation. Gang, I can't tell you how often I have felt I've got nothing left. Even preparing for this weekend, all these insecurities start bubbling up inside of me, and I think I've got no talent, no creativity, not a single new idea. I'm just a bald little man. I got nothing. I have these, th- I have these thoughts a lot. And that's this woman. Some of you might feel that way about a family member or personal problem that nobody knows about. Did you notice, though, the first thing that she did? The Bible says she went to Elijah for help. She asked for help. And it's the first step to bridging a gap. A few months ago, I got a text Uh, just showed up on my phone out of the blue from a a very close friend of mine, a solid Christian man. He's a school teacher, a coach. He's married, three kids. As solid as you can possibly find when this text showed up. Bob, I'm really struggling right now. I feel like everything in my life is under attack. You ever felt that way? I'm sad depressed, anxious, and angry, and I lack joy. He said, I remember how often you said how much counseling helped you. Do you know someone? I feel like I'm drowning. That single text unleashed a flow of help his way that's going to save him. And it all began with a single word, help. So this widow asks Elijah for help, but then Elijah asks her a very important question. He says, what do you have in your house? Because when we are desperate, we can get blinded by a fog of hopelessness. So Elijah cuts through the fog and he says, look, I know it's bad, but what do you still have? What resource or ability or friend might you still have that maybe can help fill this gap? She says, I've got nothing except a little bit of oil. And I am telling you, sometimes that's all God needs, a little bit of oil, a little bit of faith, a little bit of something. Elijah says, go, go ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few, get a bunch. Then go inside your house, shut the door, and pour the oil into all the jars, doesn't make any sense. So she went and did, just as she was told. Again, Elisha's directive makes no sense. It's completely irrational. But she went and obeyed without knowing the outcome, and sometimes that's what we need to do. And I know some of you are thinking, come on, Bob, it's a nice Bible story and all, but even if it's true, things like that don't happen today, especially in my life. Here's what I think. I think the same God who filled the oceans, teeming with life, the same God who gave you life and me life and put us together uniquely in our personality, the same God who created the universe and everything in it can fill a few jars. I believe that to the core of my being. There is no gap God can't fill. There's no problem God can't solve. And so she takes her little bit of oil 
and she starts pouring, and she doesn't know how, but the oil keeps flowing, and it's like, get the jars, because God's resources are unlimited, and it keeps flowing, and after every single jar was filled, it says in the Bible that the oil stopped at that very moment. She sold the oil, she paid her debts, but I got to this point in the, in the story, and I, I, I thought, but what about next month's bills? The oil stopped with the last jar, and she paid her debts, but now all the oil's gone. What about next month's bills? Gang, don't miss this. We think it's the oil we need, but it's the oil giver. We think it's the oil. I do this all the time. I think it's the money, the job, the person or provision that I need, but it's not the oil. It's the oil giver. The oil stopped at the last jar because God wanted her to know that he can be trusted for the day, not knowing about tomorrow. There will always be enough for the day for those who trust him. It's not the oil. It's the oil giver who, if you trust him, will meet you and fill you with whatever is needed for each day. Remember when Jesus fed 5,000 people with a little fish and a little bread, people started following him for free food. I mean, who wouldn't? So he said, look, I know what you're doing. I, I know you're following me for food, but I am the bread of life. I wish you knew. Those who come to me will never go hungry again. Those who come to me will be satisfied with my peace, joy, provision, protect, protection. If you only knew that I am what you really need. People followed him to be filled with food, but he wanted them to be filled with him. So friends, enjoy the food, but be filled with him. Enjoy your home. Seriously, do. Enjoy your sports, your children, if you have them, travel, but be filled with him. Be led by him, healed and helped by him. Question, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with trusting him to fill you each day with whatever you need? How are you doing with trusting him with every part of your life, even the parts that don't make sense, and asking him to lead you through it? Because when you have a gap, it longs to be filled. And as human beings, you know, we tend to fill our gaps with everything under the sun except God. You know, so if you have a loneliness gap, and many of us do, how will you try to fill that? And will you trust God to fill you and bring people into your life that can relieve that loneliness. If you have a gap in your marriage, how will you fill it? Will you be tempted to go outside your marriage, or will you ask God to help you rediscover your love for each other? If you lack purpose, you know, how will you find it? I know a young man right now who lacks purpose, and so he's trying to fill his life with golf, gambling, and drinking, hard drinking, and it absolutely is destroying his family. Wherever there's a gap, how will you fill it? I want to offer three ways to fill our gaps. And the first way is this. You got to go deep and daily with God. God wants to fill you. 
with everything that we crave, love, companionship, protection, provision, healing of some sort. God wants to fill you, but we've got to go to him. Remember that pandemic when everything closed? I hated it, just hated it. And when a store did finally open up, there were only a few people let in at a time, fully masked, you know, paranoid, made everybody paranoid. It scared, the, the pandemic forced us into isolation and it scared some people so much that they double masked while driving alone <laughs> in their Prius. It was crazy. <laughs> we love you Prius, can I say that? We love you Prius people, but it was crazy. Somebody's clapping. Good, thanks. We're in this together. But the human soul was not built for isolation. We starve. It was made for interaction and love. And when that is missing, the soul goes searching. Remember what happened next? We wanted to feel good again. And so our souls went searching for a fix. Three quarters of all U.S. homeowners did renovations in their home during the pandemic because they wanted to fix something. Binge buying. You know, Amazon trucks are going up and down my street. That's never happened before. Pornography. Alcohol consumption. All to try to fill something that's missing in our soul. Then in 2021, travel opened up, remember that? And we just went nuts. Restaurants, theaters, parks, there was this mad rush to get out and to fill our lives with what was missing. We, uh, I take a, an annual canoe trip with three other guys who, dear friends. It's a hard trip, it's a very remote place, the boundary waters of Minnesota and Canada. And it's a secret spot. I've talked about it in our church before where we catch these hog-sized walleyes and northerns and smallmouth bass. So I've talked about it, but I would never tell people about where it was because, you know, I don't want 30,000 people in my spot. <laughs> but in 2021, we went on our trip and every campsite was filled. That's never happened before. I thought, I said, I said to my brother-in-law, you'll see him on this video, I said, who are all these people? And he said, maybe it's all your church people who finally found your spot. I thought, oh no. We wanted to fill our lives. Can I tell you what helped our family more than anything? We went deep and daily with God. Who led us by quiet waters and calmed our souls. Gang, when your soul is depleted, there's nothing at Walmart you can buy to fill it. Another round of golf won't heal it. Amazon Prime can't cure an empty and depleted soul. It's never the oil we need. It's the oil giver who leads us beside quiet waters and fills us with what we need. In his book, Resilient, great book, John Eldridge says that each of us has an innermost being that God wants to fill with his love, joy, and strength. In fact, Ephesians 3 says it this way, may God strengthen you with power in your innermost being. Imagine this. 
God wants to strengthen each of us with his power in our innermost being. Can you imagine walking through every day in this, in this hard world, having God's strength powering us through in our innermost being? Eldridge says our being has three levels, shallows, midlands, and depths. He says the shallows are where many people exist because they're occupied by text, tweets, TV, and the stock market. So true. A few years ago, in fact, in my own life, I noticed my whole mood would swing up and down based on my stock market app. I'll never forget this moment. I was driving through Montana, surrounded by God's beauty, but my soul was agitated because the market was in red. And I was seeing this on my phone. I will never forget this. I pulled off the side of the road. I said to myself, this is so stupid. I'm done. And I deleted that app, and I've never looked back. 80% of my anxiety dropped. Why would I allow my soul to be so controlled by a stupid app? I'm done with that. You can't control the market. You can't control many of the circumstances in life but I can control my exposure to it. Shallows, though, are where many people exist. Trivia, distraction. Next level, Eldridge says, is the Midlands. He says, this is where deeper concerns can occupy the human heart. Could be concerns about our kids, neighbors, aging parents, 401k, which, by the way, are legitimate concerns. We all have these concerns. But look what Jesus says about this. He says, be careful. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down by the cares of this life. So I just want to ask you, what's weighing on your heart these days? Again, these are legitimate concerns and and things that we need to attend to. We we don't stay uh, neutral on these things. We have to be involved. But Jesus invites us to release all of these concerns that we have about life. Release them at least once a day to him and just say, God, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to work the deal. But I just need your strength. I need your help. I need your wisdom to get through what I'm facing. Further down is our depths, our innermost being. It's where God wants to dwell and rule. It's where God can strengthen and fill us with his love, his peace, so that no matter what's happening in the shallows or midlands, you begin to know that he will carry you through. Question, how do we live more of our life in the depths instead of the shallows or midlands? Eldridge says, well, it simply starts by giving God our attention once a day at least, several days, several times a day, preferably, and just go to God at some point in your day and say, God, help, fill me. Remind me of your presence and your your willingness to lead me and give me strength for this day. Just simply acknowledging God. It helps to have a designated time and place where you sit quietly and just quiet your, your soul and your mind. So important. And then practice what Eldridge calls benevolent detachment. Interesting phrase. He says, where you untangle yourself from the 24-7 news cycle... Just step away from the news and learn to give the world's problems to him. Eldred says it this way, there has to be some time in your day where you just let it all go. 
all the tragedy, heartbreak, latest shooting, earthquake, the soul is never meant to endure all this. It's way too much. You cannot carry the sorrows of the world. Only God can do that. So first way to fill the gap, go deep and daily with God and release everyone, everything to him at least once a day. Second way, stay off the roof. Stay off the roof. This past winter, I grabbed the shovel, got out the extension ladder, and without telling anybody, I climbed up on our roof to shovel the snow off. Now, I knew it was a bad idea for a 66-year-old man to get up on his roof to shovel snow, but I figured I'm not your average 66-year-old man, so up I went. Problem was, I couldn't get down. You know, the, the ladder was jammed up under the eave, and I could not get my foot on the top rung, so I dangled there backwards, not wanting to fall and break my neck, so I scrambled back up on the roof, and there I stood on top of my roof with a gap between where I was and where I wanted to be. My wife was gone, none of the neighbors were home, so being above average, I decided to jump. And I hoped for a soft landing, but it wasn't soft. I landed with a crash that jarred my whole body and tweaked my back. Later, when I told my wife about it, she just looked at me. No sympathy, no compassion. She simply said, I can't help you, and walked away. And that's my wife. And I just, you know, because she knows that most of my gaps are self-inflicted. Is that true with you? It's certainly true with me. How many people have a career gap? Because they decided to coast during the pandemic and take a 12-month vacation. Or they have a financial gap because they keep overspending their income. Or they have a spiritual gap because they haven't cracked open a Bible or led their family to church in three and a half years. Gang, so many young people today have an intense relational gap. And I get it. You feel it every day. And so, but then they meet somebody, but then there's the question of how far they should take it. And if the relationship progresses, the logical step for many people these days is to start sleeping together. Because they think that that will fill the gap for love and belonging. Gang, the problem is God is very clear in his word that Sexual intimacy is sacred, and it's reserved, especially for a committed marriage that unites a husband and wife physically and spiritually in Christ, and that sex outside of marriage, while it can be exciting and fun, usually leads to regret and shame and a wounding of the soul that never fully heals, and what they thought would fill the gap for intimacy actually causes a deeper gap of regret and loss. I mean, how many of our gaps are of our own making because we don't stay off the roof or we don't stay out of the ditch? I had this little video on my phone to remind me to stay out of the ditches. Some people wonder, why am I always struggling? Well, They struggle 
because they keep falling into the same ditches of poor judgment, misconduct of their own making. To fill the gaps in your life, you need to stay off the roof. Stay out of the ditches. Third way is make one more cast. I'm a fisherman. So last fall, I got a text from a good friend, Travis Wormadal. He's our videographer. Asking me if I wanted to go musky fishing on a northern Minnesota lake, Lake Vermilion. Muskies are, can, can grow to be 50 pounds, just a huge, enormous fish. They're very aggressive, very hard to catch. It takes a lifetime, really, sometimes to, to even see one. They're in the northern pike family, I guess. So with, with another friend and expert musky guy, Dave Ledman, I hesitated because musky guys are strange. They just are. They'll fish three days without catching anything and think it's great because they saw one. I'm into catching, not just seeing. And they'll, they'll get all excited because they saw one follow their lure. And I'm like, what's wrong with you people? But I went, and after about 1,000 casts, Dave said, I got to follow. I didn't see it. Another thousand casts, he said it again, and I might have seen some sort of shadow in the water, but Dave and Travis, they were all excited, made their whole trip. By day three, I was done. And I was so glad when Dave said, okay, one more spot and that'll be it. We went to this final spot and Dave said, okay, five more casts. It's kind of a thing for him, kind of a lucky thing. No kidding. On the final spot, Final cast. This torpedo rises out of the deep, grabs my bait, and all chaos erupts in the boat. This thing is dragging me around the boat, dragging me around the bow, dragging me around the stern. Finally, after 15 minutes of battle, we land this monster muskie. It looks photoshopped. It's not. Now, here's the point. I just wanted to tell you that story. That's it. <laughs> there is no point. No, there is. Some of you, some of you are facing a gap right now, and you've made thousands of casts. You've made thousands of tries, and you're tempted to give up. Maybe even on your faith or your future or marriage or relationship, you're tempted to cut a corner because you're waiting. Move in with somebody, compromise your values because you're facing a gap that you haven't been able to fix. And again, I get it. And I don't know why certain gaps happen sometimes, but no matter your situation here today, I believe God wants to fill your gap. The oil giver wants to fill you with his love, provision, and hope. But gang, maybe... Maybe he's waiting for you to make one more cast of faith. One more step. One more prayer. One more plea for help. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him. Because he cares for you. And often, I'm telling you, often it's when you have nothing left, when you make one more cast, that the oil giver unleashes his power and fills your life. And then... 
And then you realize that what God produced in you during the gap would have never happened any other way. Maybe what God produced in you, he brought you to faith in that gap or deepened your wisdom because you went searching for help and answers. Maybe he taught you to trust him more, produced a new kind of strength that you never would have gotten if it wasn't for that gap. I'm telling you it's during the gaps in my life that God produced things in me. I wouldn't have gotten any other way. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. And it's this. Jesus, help. Then we're going to close with a song. This prayer, Jesus, help. It's the accurate cry of a desperate heart which honestly is the cry of my desperate heart most days. Jesus, I need your help. Doesn't matter who you are here today. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. I believe God wants to meet you and fill those empty spaces that each of us encounter in life. So let me lead you in this simple prayer. It might help for you to close your eyes when we pray. You don't need to. Sometimes that reduces distraction. Might help for you to just open palms of your hand and your lap. It's kind of a symbol of, God, I'm ready to receive your healing, your help. You don't have to do that, but it's a good posture. Might help to whisper or pray these two simple words. Jesus, help. I'm going to lift up a few scenarios to God, and if a scenario applies to you, Just whisper or pray these two words. Psalm 34 says, The Lord hears his people when they pray and call to him for help. Let's bow and pray together as we come to a close today. Jesus, some of us are facing marriage problems. Our marriage isn't where we want it to be. We want it to be safe and joyful, and it's not. Worse, some of us got our Googling for the first time this week, divorce lawyer, because we're out of answers. So Connection Point family, if you need prayer for your marriage, will you make one more cast and breathe these two words? Jesus, help. Lord, some of us are struggling as parents for many different reasons. Maybe it's a prodigal son or daughter we're hoping comes back. Maybe it's a newborn who simply won't sleep. Could be a teenager who's struggling, an adult child who's lost and alone. So in this moment, if this applies to you, will you ask the oil giver to protect your family and rescue your child by praying these two words? Jesus, help. Maybe you're a married Christian couple who longs for a family, but it hasn't happened. You've prayed, pleaded, followed all the medical avenues, and it's nothing but heartbreak and loss. The widow had nothing left, nowhere to go. So she took one more step of faith, and God did a miracle. And so you pray these two words with her. Jesus, help. God, I'm struggling with addiction. I've sought help. 
but sometimes I get pulled into the same ditch of alcohol, porn, or chemical dependency that feels so helpless. So if this applies to you today, will you make one more prayer, one more cast of faith, and pray, Jesus, help. Lord, I battle anxiety and depression. It's like a cloud that hangs over me most days. I've made thousands of casts. But today I'm making one more, God, one more prayer to the one whose power is unlimited and overflowing. Jesus, help. Finally, God, I'm here today with an empty soul. I've tried to fill it with golf, travel, good food, the next big adventure, but something is still missing. So God, if you're real, if you love me, if you offer to fill my empty soul with your joy, peace, and forgiveness, I make my first cast of faith to you in this moment and say, Jesus, help me. Lord, these are the prayers of a desperate heart. We are trusting you today, the one whose supply is unlimited and the source of all things good, to fill us, to heal us, and to do a miracle in us. You, God, are our firm foundation. So Jesus, help. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.